Well, hey everyone, this is Athena and welcome to the All Things Podcast, where we gather once a week to learn and share stories about how God works all things together, writing a story of good because He is faithful and good. Every Wednesday, I'll be chatting with a friend who I know and respect, one of our Redemption Press authors, who will not only share a personal Romans 8.28 story, but also help to give you tips and tools for your life journey. Two episodes a month, we'll have an additional interview with a well-known author, and the other two episodes will include a time for Insider Insights, where I'll answer publishing questions from our listeners. So hey, Let's get started. Welcome to the All Things Podcast. I am here today with the amazing Amy Job. Oh my goodness, Redemption Press author of Model Behavior, Make Your Career Path Your Calling. This is going to be so good. And during the second half of the show, we're going to be talking about insider insights on publishing and writing, answering your questions. So this episode is going to be full of great content to encourage you and give you hope. Amy, welcome to the All Things Podcast. Thank you so much, Athena. It's such an honor to be here today. I appreciate you having me on. Oh, you bet. So what I want to do first is give you a proper introduction. So those uh, ladies that are listening will know a little more about you. Amy is an award-winning author, motivational speaker, and former model. She has traveled extensively for Porsche Cars North America and met RX Sports Nutrition as a fitness model and product specialist. Her first book, Model Behavior, Make Your Career Path Your Calling, is a memoir of her modeling career. She won, and I was there to watch it, Best New Writer at Write to Publish in 2019. And she appeared on Fox News, in Inc. 500, and on Faith in the Marketplace Radio. Amy hopes her story will inspire others to overcome obstacles and blaze new trails in order to see their goals come to pass. She lives in the Chicago suburbs with her husband, Eric, their children, Ariana and Ashton, and a menagerie of pets. And just to give you a little kind of little known, a few little known facts, uh, Amy grew up in Northern Minnesota with four brothers. She has a background in triathlons, run, bike, and swim, and marathons. She swam around the entire island in a lake in Minnesota as part of her triathlon training in college. Oh my gosh. And Amy can still do a cartwheel and the splits. Okay. Next time I see you at a writer's conference, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have you make good on that. <laughs> she can't cook to save her life. Oh, I knew I loved you. And <laughs> she can, but she can clean a mean house. There you go. I, I, I can't say that for myself. So uh, I, I fail on both accounts. <laughs> oh, oh, dear. So before we dive into a conversation about your book and your writing, I would love for you to share with our listeners how God has worked all things together for good in your life. Sure. 
Well, so yeah, I guess I think of, you know, several challenges that I've been through, you know, over the years. I um, grew up a tomboy in northern Minnesota. I had, you know, somewhat of a painful childhood and had to overcome that. I have been through a lot of different challenges as an adult. Um, some of my own accidents and injuries due to triathlon. Um, we've gone through some hard things as a family, my husband and I and our, our children. Um, just in the last few years, even, you know, with my husband's work, he lost his benefits for a period of time and his health insurance. And then right on top of that, our son was diagnosed with a genetic disorder called Newton syndrome. And in the midst of all that, I was trying to work on and publish my first book. And so there was just a lot of different obstacles, challenges, you know, that have come into our lives and into my life. And um, I've just kept hanging on to Jesus and trusting him. And I just think when I was younger, I did not live for him. And I know what life is like without him. And I don't want to do that again. So kind of whatever has come my way, I just hang on to Jesus as my anchor. And it's not to say it's always easy, but uh, I just have that determination to, to, to keep trusting him, you know. And I have just seen him turn so many of these things around and Really, I think last year, especially 2019, we saw dreams come to pass. My book was published. I had worked on it for over seven years. My husband launched his first business. It's doing well. And our son is just getting good reports um, on his health. So we have really seen things come full circle. So we're wow. real thankful. Yeah. I love that. I love that. So tell, tell us a little more about the the diagnosis for Noonan syndrome because sure. I'd never heard of it before. Okay. So when he was a baby, he had some different health issues and, and we had to see different specialists. Like he saw a urologist, he saw a cardiologist, he saw um, an ENT or nose throat doctor. And we just treated everything individually. And he had surgeries when he was a baby on different things. And then what we noticed, he wasn't growing. So when he was about four or five years old, um, well, we also noticed he was struggling in school. He had to get glasses. Um, he wasn't growing. He was small. And I remember thinking, looking at his wardrobe, and, and he had worn this shirt for two years. I'm like, we got this on vacation two years ago, and it still fits him. Wow. And so this was back in about 2016. And that was my first indication, like, something's not right. You know, why isn't he growing? And he was born very tall. So Basically, we went to see a new cardiologist, which this is where God works all things together for good, because our former cardiologist had retired. The new one that we went to, I, I said to him, his name is Dr. Shula, and I said, you know, I always write down this huge medical history for Ashton. I said, Dr. Shula, do you think there's one thing that could describe everything my son is going through? And it's like he looked down at the floor, and he looked me in the eyes. It's like he knew. And he goes, I think your son has Noonan syndrome. And I, I just, it was like a bomb went off. I mean, it was good to hear, but it was hard to hear, you know? And I, I like knew it was the truth, but I was like, your mind didn't even know how to receive it. And he just started explaining it in very medical terms because it's complicated, but basically it's a mutant gene at PTPN11 is where Ashton has it. And so he has the common or mild form of Noonan syndrome and it's actually named after Dr. Jacqueline Noonan. Hmm. So she was a pediatric college uh, cardiologist um, back in the 1960s. So she was a pioneer in her own right. I mean, there was very few women pediatric cardiologists and she had almost died as a child due to complications with an appendicitis 
decided to become a doctor and help other children. And she realized all these kids that had heart defects, which our son has a mild form of pulmonary artery stenosis, and she noticed these kids had heart conditions, they had similar characteristics, including short stature. So she did research and, and papers, and they named the syndrome after her. It was officially named a syndrome in 1971, which ironically is the year I was born. So wow. yeah, it's just amazing that we found out it was good, but he is affected in many areas of his life. So yeah, it's been a process to figure it all out. Wow. So yeah. how has it changed that diagnosis in mm -hmm. your family? How has that changed your perspective on life and on God? Sure. I think like, you know, initially it's shocking. You know, you're, you're trying to wrap your head around it all. I definitely initially went through a period of depression and, and grief. Mm -hmm. um, but I kind of decided, you know, God, we've been through so much. I'm not going to turn my back on you. I don't want to completely question and, and be bitter. You know, um, one verse that God gave me early on and actually found out the day we went to our small group. So I get the call from the endocrinologist who told us, and then we went to small group and I really processed it through with my husband in our small group. But he gave me the verse in John 9, 1 through 3. And it says, as he went along, he saw a man blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? He said, neither this man nor his parents sinned. That's what Jesus said. He said, but this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. And I feel like God said, this is not an accident, Amy. You know, Amy and Eric, I've known, you know, from the beginning of time when he was in your womb, that this was mm -hmm. the diagnosis. I have got every day planned for him. And, and it talks about that in Psalm 139. I camped out there for a long time. You know how we're, we're formed in our mother's womb and we're fearfully and wonderfully made and every day is fashioned for us, you know? So this was not a mistake. This wasn't an accident. This was part of his plan from the beginning. And we just had to see it in that light and not see it as something, you know, that was going to, you know, define us or ruin us or, you know, life was wonderful if this thing didn't happen. But no, this was part of God's plan. You know, if things are going to happen because of this, you know, he is going to be glorified. So we had to get the right perspective, you know? Wow. Um, yeah. And it's, and that is, um, it, it, it doesn't happen overnight. You have to process those feelings of oh, sure. grieving what you thought life was going to look like. And yes. it looks different now. And I mean, all of that stuff that sometimes the church isn't really very understanding about yes. us this processing those feelings. Yes. And I will have to say, I'm going to be honest, because if anyone's listening out there and you're dealing with a long-term medical condition, a syndrome, special needs, I will say, give yourself permission to grieve. I grieved for probably close to two years. The first year to year and a half, I couldn't sleep a lot of nights. And I would end up going downstairs onto the couch and I would just curl up in a fetal position and I would just cry from the depths of my being. And I remember the dog would often jump up and curl around, you know, my legs. Mm -hmm. it was kind of like a visual reminder that God was with me, you know? Yeah. Um, but I just cry. I grieve for every area because my son has affected our son in so many areas. And I would have to work on grieving through each area 
you know, like you said, the death of this dream for this, like, I was like, will he ever be a parent? You know, right. um, is his heart okay? Is he going to be okay to play sports? Do we just trust and let him play? Will he ever need heart surgery? You know, I went to the hematologist with him. They're like, he has a slight increased chance for a blood ca cancer. Do I, you know, they're like, put that in the back of your mind, mom. I'm like, well, that sounds easy, but you know, right. Um, I got to grieve through that, you know, so there were so many things, you know, his learning disabilities, his ADHD, you know, the, the height, you know, will he really grow to his potential and, and everything that presents itself because of that, you know, there's bullying and the, and the insecurities of being small and, you know, so yeah, you got to grieve, you got to let yourself grieve and work and, through. And another thing for those of you who are listening, who maybe there's someone in your church or that you know that's going through a situation with a chronic you know diagnosis something that's just not gonna go away overnight they're gonna you know it's gonna be something that's gonna be a process to to learn to manage you know don't please be kind and don't say well what you know what's your sin are you praying enough and yeah. Those okay. kinds of questions, like maybe you don't have enough faith. Yes. That's not helpful. That too. I did. I was like, God, did I not fast enough? Did I not pray? Did I not have enough faith? You know, what did we do wrong? Was I too old as a mom? Did, you know, even though I was so fit and they were like, okay, they, I was 37 when I had them. And so they were like, well, you're a slight increased risk because you're over 35, but they'd put all those electrodes on and I would go for the special test toward the end of my pregnancy. And they're like, okay, we're 95% sure this baby is healthy and you know, you're doing great mom. And you know, so then I'm questioning all those things, you know, mm -hmm. but it really wasn't any of those things, you know, right. it was part of God's plan. I could have had him at 22 and he would have been Newton syndrome, exactly. you know? So yeah. Mm -hmm can't beat yourself up. Yep. And God, you know, can use those most difficult things to glorify his name. And, you yes. know, we would just like him to use something fun and easy, you know, to glorify his <laughs> name instead of something hard. I know, right? Oh, gosh. Yes. So with that coming right mm -hmm. in the middle of you working on your first book, how did that affect your writing and your commitment to the project? Yeah, it was it was hard. I mean, I would definitely say there were seasons like I just had to put it aside, you know, um, because that one, I had to work a lot. So that was the other challenge is that, you know, as the medical bills kept coming in, even with insurance, as you know, all these tests, all these different specialists and um, having to work. So then it's like, you know, at times I would feel like I was starting to be resentful or there was just times I was so grieved I couldn't even be creative or motivated. But then other times when I start to like, and here was a key for me, I started to really fast and pray. Not only did I ask people to pray, I mean, man, I leaned on people. I mean, to be honest, when he was going through this, I had three different texting groups, close to 20 people mm -hmm. praying for us. And that was just my initial, I was so like, I am not strong enough to do this, God. Why did you pick me? You know, and I had people praying, I was fasting and praying, and then I started to get my perspective back, like, I've got to keep pushing forward, I got to keep doing the things that are normal, and helping me to get my traction under my feet again, and get my mind off of some of this, you know? Right. So then I went into seasons of being focused, I'm like, I got to work out, I got to eat healthy, I've got to keep writing, because this gives me something to de-stress and get my mind off of all the potential areas of problems, you know? So, mm. yeah. Okay, so tell us more about your book. Sure. When did you see it kind of come 
to completion and, and just tell us the story. Sure. So it was probably um, 20, okay, 2015. I found an editor that helped me um, work on the book. And that's when I got more serious about it. And then I think it was 2017. It's kind of interesting. I was going to self-publish. And this is kind of an interesting story. I read a book by Bob Goff. And in the back of Bob's book, he's like, if you have anything that you want to talk to me about, feel free to call me. And I couldn't get that out of my mind for like two weeks. I kept hearing like the Lord's voice saying, call Bob Goff. And I was like, <laughs> okay, this is weird, God. I'm uh, Okay, I'm just going to be obedient, you know? And the man really does answer his phone and he really does talk to you. So I end up having like three phone calls with Bob Goff as sort of like a life coach, if you will. And mm -hmm. the first time he really gave me an encouraging pep talk. And he said, I really think you should find a publisher, Amy. I don't think you should self-publish. And he's like, do you want to like play intramural softball or do you want to be in the major leagues? You don't, do you want to write for a living? It sounds like with what your son's going through, you need to make some money. And I said, okay, I was going to self-publish, but maybe I am meant to, you know, publish. So then I talked to my editor and she said, you need to go to the right to publish conference. Keep in mind, I am like such a newbie. I've never been to a writing or publishing conference. And because of everything my son went through, I couldn't even afford to really go to classes. So my editor had me reading books on how to write, you know? Mm -hmm. So I was very green. I still am learning. I've got a lot to learn, but she encouraged me to go to write to publish. That would have been 2018. And it was there that I met Inger Lodgelin from Redemption Press. And it was very confusing the first year going in, you know, not knowing the industry. I mean, I'm friendly, I'm outgoing, I've worked with people. So that part was okay. But you know, all these different, you know, options. And uh, I just like took it all in. And then I went home and I really hit it off with Ingar because we have family in the same town, which was a God thing. Again, we both have family. Esco, Minnesota, of all places <laughs> where I'm from. It was sort of orchestrated by the Lord. I think yeah. just meeting Ingar, she's Scandinavian, I'm Scandinavian. I mean, I picked her brain on, you know, hey, Ingar, you know, Scandinavians, we're taught to be quiet. We're, we're not taught to, you know, like toot our own horns and get out there and just hearing Ingar's story. And she's like, but Amy, if God has given you a message and, you know, he wants you to share with the world, then you've got to get out there and share it. And I remember just, she was so well-rounded, like mm -hmm. sitting with her at lunch and she's like, I've got this blog I do. I think it's called Grace to Gray. And she was like so savvy. And I was like, hey, if this lady can do it, I can do this, you know? <laughs> and then she's Scandinavian, she's overcome the, you know, whatever. So yeah, we just hit it off and she really helped me and she gave me ideas about the book, about my website, about the platform. And it was just a very natural conversation. She did not pressure me at all. I, I left the conference and I really, really was praying, you know, like, God, show me what to do. You know, there's these different options and things and it just kept standing out, Redemption Press, Redemption Press. And so I was like, okay, I am meant to publish with Redemption Press. And so, yeah, six weeks later, I signed the contract. And I remember that call. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Athena. <laughs> oh, gosh. And, and, then, and so your story, though, in the book is all of everything that you went through mm -hmm. as a model. You had lots of people telling you, you can't be a Christian and be a model, right? Didn't you get a lot of pushback? So yes, this is coming back to like before I had children and then even I, I modeled for a while after Ariana and then after Ashton, it kind of slowed down a little bit because of everything. But for 10 years, I was really out there. And when I first started, I was older. Um, 
I was an injured triathlete. That was my first dream to go pro and two accidents prevented that. And so I was really praying for a new dream and for a new vision. And yeah, by a circum, you know, a set of circumstances, he led me into the industry, which is in my book. And yeah, people did say, you know, you shouldn't do this. You know, certain friends, you might fall away from God. And, you know, this industry is really dark. And, you know, this is, this is not the place for a Christian. And the, and the wild thing is, like, I had really been, you know, praying and seeking the Lord and asking for clear signs, which he gave me. And I totally had the support of my husband. And even my father-in-law was very instrumental in the beginning. Of course, my mom had always thought I should model, you know. Mm-hmm. And so he just really made it clear. And, and it didn't happen overnight. But within a year and a half, the doors just started flying open. And it was just a confirmation I was on the right track, you know. And I do believe that God needs us not only in the entertainment industry as Christians, I think he needs us in every corner of the world. And kind of what was like initial seed for thought for me is I remember listening to like Moody Radio when I was managing a teen center. And I think it was Charlie Peacock that came on and he said, you know what? God has called us to be salt and light in this world. You know, he wants us to be out there in every avenue, every aspect, every business, every industry, because he needs Christians. I mean, there's going to be people there that need Jesus. And some of those people may never come into the church, but we have to bring the church, bring Jesus to them. And so I thought, yes, this is exciting. Plus, I always wanted to live an exciting life. You know, before I was a Christian, I was pretty wild. And I thought, I don't want to just be this like boring Christian. No offense, but you know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I want to live an adventurous life. I want to, you know, and so God was like, perfect. I got the perfect assignment for you. Yeah. <laughs> totally. So, so tell us what you're working on these days and what are your plans for this year? Sure. I'm still like in praying about, you know, steps for this year. I've actually been in like a real season of fasting and prayer because things have really been shifting. I don't know about anyone else, but you know, new decade, new year. I'm working on a devotional right now, like a devotional journal that kind of would accompany my book. You know, like people that say, Hey, I've got this dream. I've got this vision from God, this goal. How do I get there? And just a journal devotional that would encourage and inspire them to take the next right step. And so sharing little pieces of my story and my life of what I faced and how I've overcome and heard his voice. So I'm working on that. And then just really praying about how does this year look? God, what do you want me to do next? You know, uh, I really feel like he's sort of allowing circumstances to happen. Uh, For instance, I've done trade shows still, which is kind of where I've gotten you know, some of that steady money, they're all falling through. (laughs) Wow. So yes, because I think it's the coronavirus scare. I'm not sure. Um, And people may have seen that live in Chicago. The housewares show is canceled. I don't think that's ever been canceled. I mean, it's a huge, it's called International Housewares. People come from 45 countries, 60,000 people. I mean, thousands of exhibitors, they canceled it. Um, That's unheard of. And then I just had my main client basically cancel me on every show I had booked on them for them this year. So I'm like, obviously he's closing the door mm-hmm. and I'm just praying about show me next right step. So I do have speaking, um, different speaking opportunities that are coming up and I'm really trying to develop my platform online more. You know, I'm taking this Christian author mastermind class and I'm in an engaging speakers network group. So I'm really feeling led to step out even more into that. Wow. Well, it's exciting, you know, when God kind of 
changes all the plans and starts redirecting where he wants your focus. It's like, Ooh, it's exciting. See what he's going to do. Yes. Right. Gosh. So, okay. So as we wrap this up, I would love for you to share a few tips or tools that will help our listeners really zero in on how God is, you know, continuing to work things, all things together for good, even when we don't see it. Sure. I think kind of things that I did practically that helped me, I think one, let people in, you know, people have been hurt. I mean, obviously I went through a lot of hurt. Um, you know, people can hurt us, but I feel like God has spoken to me through other people. Like people can also help us heal. So when you're going through something hard, right. And I know you've been through stuff as well, Athena, you can get almost in that depressed state. You want to isolate. You feel like no one gets this. It's just so difficult. And you're in the bottom of that pit. But that's like when you need to let other people in, you know, like let people help you. And it's really God helping you through those people. And so when we went through that season for a couple of years, we had to say, God, you know, it's, it's you. We, we need you. And I think for us, especially in 2018, there was just a time we were working so hard. Bills were mounting. And I remember just praying in the car, literally God, I don't know how this is going to work, but I trust you. And my phone rang. It was my husband's best friend's wife. And she said, can we please start a GoFundMe for you? And so we said, yes. I had to say, let me talk to my husband. We're going to pray. And we said, okay, we want to be the givers, but there's seasons you need to receive, you know? Right. And so be open to receiving and let people help you. And for us, it was like, I remember one day I was so down and I think we couldn't get his medicine or something. I was sitting at the table and I just felt like God said, write your pastor a letter. And I just wrote him a letter. I said, would you please, all of you pastors, pray for us and for my son. I'm like, we don't really know what to do. And I dropped it in the offering. (laughs) And you know what? He emailed me right away. And And then he walked us with the prayer team at our church through this. Mm. and I just and I will say I prayed for helpers and God brought like our 9 a.m. greeter group they became like the grandmas the grandpas the aunts the uncles Mm. helping us in so many ways and so it's just like being open to receive and of course for me personally I always get up and especially now early in the morning and spend my quiet time with him journaling and reading the word and then I we've also been through um Christian therapy so I will have to say it helps. You know, my son needs to go because he's got ADHD. He's got an anxiety disorder. And then for a season, we went as a family to therapy. It really helped us because this changes everything. You know, this was a game changer for us. So it like affected our marriage. It's affected our finances, you know? Mm. So yeah, get some therapy. And then I would say, keep having fun. My husband and I said, you know what? This stuff is going to always be here. Let's get our minds off it. And maybe sometimes you don't have a ton of money to do that, but there's still ways you can do it. You know, whether it's a day trip or people have offered like, hey, come out and stay with us. Or, you know, recently someone said, hey, you want to stay at our home in Florida? We say, yes, we drive. If you can't afford to fly, drive, you know, Um, just keep having fun. Get your mind off of all the struggle sometime because you need that balance and you need to keep strong as a family and as a married couple, you know. Absolutely. And I'll tell you the the whole where you started um, yeah. on the tips was don't isolate. And that is exactly what the enemy wants yeah. us to do because mm-hmm. there's such power in people coming around you and being Jesus hands and feet, you know, yeah. being Jesus with skin on. And we yeah. need that. And 
boy, it's so easy yeah. to buy the lie that they won't understand, or I don't want to be a burden or what, you know, all the stuff yeah. that we hear. Um, mm-hmm. that's, that's a lie. So true. Um, I love that. I love that. Having continuing to just have fun together and even just as simple as, you know, having a movie night and popping popcorn or what, you know, whatever God leads you to do, just having that perspective of, you know, keeping fun in your life because there's enough hard time to go around. You you need to balance it out. (laughs) Exactly. Well, this has just been delightful. What if my um, those that are listening want to find you online? What's the best way for them to connect with you if they want to have you come and speak, or yeah. if they just want to connect with you? What's the best way? Yeah. Well, my my website is amyjobe.com. You can probably reach me through that, or my email is my name a m y j o o b at yahoo.com. So that that would be another way to reach me, and then on Facebook. I'm Amy. My maiden name is Robnick, R-O-B-N-I-K, Job. Perfect. So you're most active on Facebook then? Yeah. And then Instagram, I'm also on there. I'm at Amy Job one So okay. Facebook and Instagram are my, probably my two top ones, but I am on LinkedIn as well. I'm getting more on LinkedIn now. So right. perfect. <laughs> yeah. Hey, thank you so much for being with us today. It has just been, it's been everything I hoped it would be. Oh, thank you, Athena. I so appreciate this opportunity. It's been a blessing. Welcome to another Insider Insights segment of the All Things Podcast, where we answer questions from our listeners about writing and publishing. If you'd like to ask a question, download the Anchor app on your phone and then search for the All Things Podcast. You'll see a message button where you can click and record your question And then we'll play your question on the next Insider Insights segment and give an answer. So here we go. All right. Here we are for the second half Insider Insights for the All Things Podcast today. And I have with me Cynthia Cavanaugh, who is our strategic marketing coach and is also an author with us and also an author with two other publishers. And uh, we wanted to just have a conversation today about what's top of mind for all of us. My goodness, the whole pandemic is just throwing everyone in such a tailspin. But there is so much that we can redirect those fears and those thoughts to really make the most of this opportunity. So Cynthia, welcome to the All Things Podcast, and thanks for being on with me this afternoon. Sure, thanks. Great to be here. Yeah. So, you know, in our last, uh, our monthly newsletter, you um, talked about the idea of, you know, really processing and using this time when we're hold up at home and we've got all this extra time and really spending that time to write and and really be productive and let that be our some of our best writing yes when when we're facing our fears talk to us a little bit about that sure well you know (laughs) we're in a very unique situation and life as we knew it even a month ago has changed drastically and you know, the, the temptation is to try to carry on as usual and, you know, with our writing and, 
just or or you know carry on as usual or be or be thinking okay now what now I just got going or I'm just getting going and it seems like everything has stopped and so it's just an opportunity to look at things from a different angle and to see okay you know this doesn't take God by surprise he knows what's going on he's given us our gifts and just looking for ways to join God where he's already working and and what what is the message that people need to hear right now and you know there's a lot of fear and people are driven to do crazy things when you know when we're when we're engulfed in fear and so you know writing and speaking directly to what we're facing today i think is key and you know whether your genre is uh, or your target audience is you know families, uh, men, women, uh, young adults, teens, children, you know, there's a message that we can use through our writing to encourage and bring hope, you know, bring the gospel of hope to, to people to be able to, to deal with things. And, and so, you know, when we put out that PDF, um, how, you know, writing when you're afraid was just using as a tool, just even for yourself, okay, where am I at right now? How does God want to use my writing right now? And what is the message of hope I can bring in the context where I've been in the last, you know, several months where the places that God has already had me, whether you're speaking or whether you're writing articles or whether you're writing a blog or whether you started a podcast, you know, wherever you're starting. Okay. Just to take a step back and think, okay, what is the message that God wants me to to use right now through the medium of writing or speaking or podcasting or blogging um, that can be effective in our own sphere of influence. So I don't know what you've seen, Athena, but there's all kinds of things out there right now on Facebook Live and actually, uh, I mean, Facebook, social media. Uh, there's a huge increase in the traffic in all those social media sites because people are home. They have more time. They're they're asked to social distance, so they're wanting to connect. And so I've seen, um, just from our author friends, I've seen lots of more Facebook Lives, lots of words of encouragement, um, free downloads people could use to encourage them at this time, just all kinds of things, uh, videos that people are posting, kind of repurposing of previous material. Um, so... Yeah, those kinds of things. There's so many different ways. I mean, the, I've, I've got a lot of author friends who have had speaking engagements canceled. Yes. Big events canceled. So it's like, okay, Lord, what do you want to do with it? It's not like he's surprised, like you said. So which way would you have me to go? And the certainly the online, there's 65% more traffic on Facebook than there was two weeks ago. I mean, that's an incredible opportunity yes. to get in front, get your message in front of people, whether it's just posting every day, something that you're seeing, you're seeing how God is working on your Facebook page. And in fact, I have a couple authors that have taken that their daily devotions or insights on their Facebook or their Instagram and turn that into a book. Yes. Or, or even a short, 
you know, article or a short little download. Um, I, you know, uh, two of our Redemption Press authors, the one that wrote uh, the book on the quilting. What's that? Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, th- those two authors, I'm sorry, my brain is low. <laughs> Ellen and yes, Sarah. Ellen and Sarah have, you know, they have in their community, they have these little, what they're called little mini libraries. So they're like um, a box on a post in different places in the light where they have books where people can check out books. And so since the libraries are closed, what they've done is they've taken copies of their books and put that in there as well um, for people to have as a resource. So you know, let's just think about brainstorm some ideas of creatively, you know, what can people do, um, you know, right now to, to help encourage other people. So I think, you know, if you have extra, I thought about this, I have a book, uh, my first book in my garage, that's out of print, actually, does I mean, it's still got a great message, unlocked five myths, holding your influence captive, which would be an encouragement to people just reading different stories of women around the world. So you know, if you are, you're like me and have, you know, a resource like that, that's sitting in your garage that you just save for book tables for speaking engagements, obviously we don't have speaking engagements right now. So what's a way we can, you know, use those, you know, to, you know, offer those as a, a freebie on, a, you know, a Facebook, do an encouragement, do a, a read through of it or something like that. Um, that's an idea or, you know, taking a, a chapter or two from a book that you have and turning it, writing a companion guide to it, a writing like a 10 day Bible study or a 10 day devotional that goes with it and posting that, you know, you could create a Facebook group uh, and go through your book, you know, have a sign up exactly. where people do that. And then you do maybe a little teaching or a little encouragement. If you're, um, how about if you're a blogger, what would you say are some good ideas for that, Athena? I would say um, finding some new areas of um, just being an encouragement, maybe some Facebook groups that are out there that you might be able to just share um, something from your blog on and then point them to your blog. I mean, you obviously you want to be, um, you don't want to come across as you're just, uh, you know, promoting your book or promoting your, your message uh, without being, um, you know, sensitive to, I mean, you wouldn't go to someone else's Facebook page and, put a link to your blog mm-hmm. on there because you don't really have permission, but are you part of different groups online and have you written a blog post recently that's maybe tied to this whole pandemic thing and, and some of the things that are going to resonate with people and sharing that in all those different groups that you're part of, whether, I mean, there's LinkedIn groups, there's uh, Facebook groups, there's so many different groups that you could either be part of, if you're not part of them, find those that are that include the kind of people that you write for and join those groups and start participating and building relationships and then share what you have on your blog as a, you know, after you've yeah, been there a little bit. Right. So what if you're just a brand new, you know, you're just starting to write and you're just like been to a few conferences and you know, your 2020 was the year that 
you know, you're using to launch your writing into the world. And so you've just been developing these things. What are some things that we could suggest for brand new writers to do to, you know, to use this time as a way to get their, not just get their message out, but, you know, of course, in getting the message out to bring hope to other people. So what are some, you know, uh, not so daunting ways that, you know, maybe a Facebook group or leading a, a study or doing a conference webinar online or, which might sound overwhelming. What are some things that people could do? Right. I would say probably one of the best things is actually get started with a writing mm. coach. Yes. Dur while you have this time, while you're at home more than normal, while things are kind of shut down, which opens up time in our schedules, uh, we we are still because we're able to work virtually and our editors are all across the country and we're, we're not all in one location. It's easy for us to continue to move forward with the coaching and the editing and the publishing and the designing that we're doing of books that are already in process. So for us to connect you with a uh, a writing coach to help you develop your idea and help you be accountable to someone every week to write those 10 pages mm -hmm. a week or whatever mm -hmm. you decide on. That's a great first step to take to really fine tune where you want to go with the message with someone who does this for a living and they're, they're a professional at it and they can really give yeah. you great feedback. Uh, one of the things that here, here's some other things that I've seen that I think are powerful that may just look a little bit out of the box as far as for writers. Um, I have a, a writer friend. She's actually a military spouse who, and she is um, making her and a couple other gals are making masks for their, the people on base. In other words, because as we know, there's a shortage of masks and they need to go to the healthcare workers. They're just making it out of cloth, right? So so they're doing this. And now what does that have to do with writing? Well, it doesn't have anything to do necessarily with her writing. She's actually writing two Bible studies or a Bible study right now. But what it has to do, it's showing what she's doing in this time to help her own community. Mm -hmm. And that's engaging people to come onto her posts, her on and reading her posts. So that's another way. Like if you're involved in the community, in some way with the pandemic, you know, whether if you maybe you're a teacher's aide at a school or you're help, you know, and now you're, you're home and you're, you know, helping kids in the neighborhood stay on top of their schoolwork or you're tutoring, you know, via Zoom or, you know, whatever is just bringing that part into it as well. And talking about just like how you're living out this pandemic, like what is the reality for you? Because that also, um, help can help connect people with who you are and your and your messaging of you know of hope and encouragement as well for when the time comes you know when things start to settle down and you you know they they followed you right they're on they're looking to they've gotten to know you a little bit different outside of your writing so that that's another idea of just posting things absolutely that, you know you're you know writing uh, encouragement what what you're doing if you're have a unique situation um just what you're doing on a weekly basis or maybe even a daily basis of how you're using that to help um in this time because uh, not everybody's just home you know i mean they're home but they're 
you know, having to take care of their families and so forth. But some of us have, along with our writing skills, have, you know, interesting and unique situations on where you're just like this gal, uh, Megan is her name, um, who's a military spouse, is uh, using this as an opportunity to bring some encouragement to the other um, families on the base. So I thought that was. And if you're absolutely, that's a great, that's a great example. And I, and I saw some of her posts and just, you know, when, when you see people doing things that, that encourage you, you want more, Mm -hmm. you want to know more from them. And so just being, obviously you want to be who you are and, and let people see who you are, but that is laying groundwork for then down the road when you do have something that's in print and, and something that those people that are watching you now may want to get excited to help you when you're ready to launch a book mm-hmm. and be on your launch team yes. and be part I see of you that. As a real you know? person participating and this is what's happening in your life right now. And um, I just, I just think it's interesting to see like, I mean, I, I know Megan a little bit and I know she's a writer. I know she helps, you know, um, she's a leader in the military spouse world. And so, but I had no idea she knew how to sew. Right. So that was a really cool thing that, you know, she took one of her skills that maybe doesn't have anything to do with writing or anything else, but she, you know, is using this as a way to help in this time. And I just thought it was really a, really cool you know just got to see a side of her I hadn't seen before and it just garnered a you know a new respect for her as well right so I, it makes me think oh what else does she have up her sleeve you know so it's just it's just a way of, right you know of engaging right. right of engaging others and the other thing I would say is if you have I would you know you might want to look through your material that you've already printed even if you haven't written a book but are you already written And it's interesting to note that, you know, the different topics, like if you've written on anxiety or depression or waiting or trusting God or walking through a storm, any of those things apply right now, right? Like we're on a, we're in a waiting period. Uh, We're struggling with anxiety. Some people are depressed. Uh, Some people are panicking, you know, so any of those things that you could pull out and repurpose and just repost them, you know, just, you know, on your Facebook page, on Instagram and say, here's an article I wrote a few years ago. Um, Here's a blog post I wrote a few years ago. Here's something I'm writing for a future book. Um, Here's something I'm, I was been thinking about when I was walking through a time where I had to wait and I just, isn't it, it just applies right now. I just thought I'd share it with you and hope it's an encouragement to you today. And then you might want to ask a question as well, right? Um, to get some feedback as far as get people to interact. Um, one of the other things I was going to mention too that I saw, um, there's an author, her name is Janet McHenry, and she's written many books on prayer. And so what she's been doing, which I think is really awesome to engage people too, and is that she, every most every day she's been posting something like, okay, name someone in your life who you know is a healthcare worker and I'm going to pray for those people today. Right. And then, you know, another day she said, name someone who's a first responder, like, you know, a fireman or, or an EMT. And, and, um, and so that was a way of her engaging people to, you know, just share what's on their heart, but also that she's letting them know that 
you know, this is a part of her message, of her message, her passion is praying for others and that she's taking time to, to not only just get her message out, but also to encourage people that she's going to pray. Like, if you tell me you have a name of someone, you know, you have a sister who is a nurse or whatever that I'm going to pray, she's going to pray for that person. So that's just another way of showing people that, Mm. you know, care and we, um, using our message, our, our branding, so to speak, if we want to use that word or that how the message that God's given you, that's unique to you and using that in such a way to encourage other people. And to really add value. I mean, it, this is a time for us to be generous and to, to want to give what the hope that God's worked in us or whatever gift it is that we have to give that away and give that and sow that into people so that, you know, I mean, it's the least we could do right now. That's, you know, that right there, you're different than most people around that are reacting, you know, by hoarding or by, uh, you know, being anxious and, and, you know, really, bring you you see something like this either brings the best out in people or the worst out in people let us be those ones that we shine you know the best of us yes and And i think and that generosity when you say generous let's be generous let's think of the three g's we can be as writers authors let's be generous let's give and let's be gracious right like it isn't about, and, and not doing with expecting something in return, not saying, oh, I hope if I do this, then, you know, in six months, all these people are going to buy my book. No, let's just do this because it's all, you know, it's, it's the right thing to do. And it's the, it's gift the right that thing God to do. You. So, you know, just using what God's giving in your message, a way to, to penetrate our society right now, when they really, people need encouragement, people, this is our chance to to rise up and shine and our chance to be generous with what God's given us. I mean, I um, released a book uh, two years ago called anchored leading through the storms. And so what I'm thinking about right now is I'm going to just write a, you know, like a five, seven day kind of Bible study. Like how do you stay anchored in the pandemic or something like that? And I'm going to offer that, you know, yep. put that on my website yep. and I'll put it up as soon as I get it written and get it out there. It's just as an encouragement to people that that's something that they can do to stay grounded and rooted because people need that right now. People need to have something um, other than being obsessed with the media. It's so easy to follow all that every single day. And mm. it just, it's not good for us, right? We need to continue to be rooted in God's word. And we need to be reminded of his promises more than ever before, right? More than ever before. And, and so just thinking about, you know, to be generous, to be generous and give during this time of your gift, because there's room for everybody, right? Like you can follow and watch, you know, you see some of the more um, well-known authors or speakers that are doing this, but don't let, I would just say, don't let that deter you from you doing it with your sphere of influence, because mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter about the numbers. It doesn't matter if you're reaching five people or 50 or 500 or 5,000. 
you know, you have a sphere of influence. There's room for everybody to bring encouragement right now, just to bring a truckload of hope and encouragement because that's what people need. Mm. So give us those three Gs again. Generosity. Generous, um, give, and then be gracious. Okay, I'm going to add a fourth to that, and that is be genuine. Because we need to admit when we're struggling a little bit so that people know, well, we struggle too, but here's how God is encouraging us to respond to that struggle, you know? And um, so I like the four, we're going to do four G's, be generous, give the gift that has been given to us, give, give that gift, be gracious yeah, I, I like the genuine and be genuine. Honestly, I have to... <laughs> My temp, you know, I'm a big information gatherer person. It's it's part of what I scored on this uh, the strength based test. You know, like I just I thrive on information, which can be a good thing and a bad thing. So during time like this, I want I'm just gathering, gathering, gathering. So the temptation is every day when I wake up, is to find out what else they're saying. Like, are what what's the research? What's the scientific? You know, not you know what's happening here and kind of gathering and. How is this changing our culture? But it can be an obsession, right? Where then it's not balanced with, and I'm being genuine here, when it's not being balanced with just just taking yep. a breath and resting in what I know to be true from God, right? Because it can whip me up into a frenzy, right? So, um, and so that's important yeah. to let people know that, you know, to, we, we, we need to make sure that in our writing or in our sharing, we're not just telling, we're actually showing we're showing people from an authentic place like, exactly. yeah, I'm afraid. Am I afraid? Sure, I am. I'm a little bit afraid. Of course, I know God's in control, but yeah, I'm afraid, you know, and, and telling people that I'm afraid, but this is what I know to be true, right? So this is what I'm hanging my hat on. This is what I'm hanging yep. my truth on. At the end of the day, I know that God is going to be enough and he's going to take care of me. And so, you know, just those kind of messaging helps people and, and, and telling, you know, stories, uh, too, uh, as well. I think the stories that have probably hit me, the most significant are the stories that are coming out from the actual frontline workers, you know, the nurses and the doctors that are talking about what Mm. they're seeing and, um, and that's being genuine, right? It's being genuine. And I think people will respond to that authenticity when we are genuine. Absolutely. And it's what and and what's great about it is it opens up the mm-hmm. door for us to share our faith when we, I mean, this whole thing has opened up just a huge big door for us to be able to to relate with the fear, but then be able to get, you know, add mm-hmm. what we what our hope is yes. and, and, and why yeah, we're not. And it, what it does for I don't know about you, Athena, but what it does for me is when I do that, I'm declaring God's goodness in the midst of what's going on. That helps me too. (laughs) It helps me when I have to write something, you know, to encourage other people. It helps me when I post, uh, you know, we just finished in the Live Bold um, series. Andrea and I, you know, wrote that book, uh, Live Bold, a devotional journal to Strengthen Your Soul, which is produced by Redemption Press and published by Redemption. 
And, uh, you know, that, you know, having to encourage women to live bold, you know, and be encouraged and, you know, overcoming their challenges, I mean, holds me accountable too, right? When I know I have to post something (laughs) and encourage other women, I've got to be making sure that I'm, you know, living it myself. Yeah. Amen. And that's what's so, that's what's so good about that. Just the double-edged sword is, Mm -hmm. you know, that of the word that it convicts us, boy, you know, we're going to share it with others, but we're going to, we're going to also see where we need help. And, uh, and, and God is so faithful with that. Okay. Well, we are out of time. This was such a great time to talk about all the different ways that we can just keep moving forward with God in our, whatever that message is and however he's going to have us write it. Any last sure. thoughts you want to yeah, throw out today to for that If you the got our download, the free download from the last newsletter, um, writing when you're afraid and you've created and crafted um, either an, somewhat like an article or, you know, a 500 word or less um, encouragement um, we'd like to see that, and uh, we'd like to feature you in our newsletter next month. And so um, feel free to email that to me. You can email it to me at Cynthia at redemption-press.com. And I'd love to see that, and I'd love to be able to feature you and um, send it out in our newsletter. And that may be, might be kind of fun for you. Absolutely. And if you are not on our uh, newsletter list, I will go ahead and post a link to that PDF in the show notes so you can get a copy of it there. And then uh, we'll make sure that Cynthia's email address is on the show notes so that you can get that back to her and potentially be be featured in our next newsletter. All right. Well, Cynthia, thank you so much for joining me today as we talk about insider insights and lots of good stuff so okay great you thank be you well and we'll talk soon so thanks for joining us today for the all things podcast brought to you by redemption press and the romans 828 bookstore So, hey, I'd like to ask you a favor. If you would consider sharing this episode with your friends on social media, of course, only if you thought it was helpful. Or if you haven't yet left a review of the podcast on Apple, I would really appreciate it as, you know, it'll help other people find the show and let them know it really is a good one to listen to. So thank you so much for listening today, and I'll see you next week.